0: Check one two one two check nine twenty seven eighty four. All right, here we go. This is it right here, right now. Oh my gosh, it's the cannabis coffee hour with your host, me, Rob Cantrell coming to you live and direct from brooklyn new york it's another episode of the cannabis coffee hour i'm solo it's just me and you i want to say thank you for tuning in listening i see the numbers are coming up and i am digging it and we're pushing forward i got funky fresh new logos uh doug benson's episodes on fire i don't know what happened Somebody must have retweeted it or something and went crazy. So check out the Doug Benson episode and my solo ones are doing great too. So I know you guys are digging the solo joints and that's what is today. I am, uh, I got another cup of my homemade, uh, cannabis tea that I made. Uh, I had a big Mason jar. As you know, I put a big, Uh, if you listen to the last episode, I made cannabis tea with this, like, uh, hemp that I got from these Amish farmers in Pennsylvania. They sent it to me. Now, it's mostly CBD and all that. Like, it's not THC. I'm not tripping. As you know, I'm all, naturally, I'm tripping all the time. (laughs) Even before weed, I was out there, man. Weed just helped me, uh, kind of focus it in a little bit and relax, um... And take naps better. But also, enjoy. I don't know, man. You know what I mean. Weed is good. But uh, I haven't been smoking the last, I would say, week. Um, <clears throat> I've been running on CBD and uh, this tea. And I'm at the last bit of it. But there was like a whole thing of honeycomb. And like real waxy honeycomb. And it just tastes so delicious. Let me take a sip of this. Oh, Wow. I nailed it because I put fresh ginger in that thing. Like, I, if I bottled this shit up, this cannabis can Cantrell cannabis moonshine that I made, uh, it would sell, man. This, this shit's better than any of that. Those. No, I, I can't say that. Hopefully, I get some sponsors on here soon. If you want to sponsor the Cannabis Coffee Hour, hit me at the DM. Uh, it's the can- at Cannabis Coffee Hour IG. Get on my IG. Check out the IG um we got to get the numbers i know all these algorithms and numbers and people are paying for shit but i wasn't born in the internet man um and i didn't even get into comedy i got into comedy before motherfuckers even had websites and stuff so for me i'm a goofball at heart Uh, i'm picking up on the uh internet game uh but i can do it and i know how to do it and i dig it i dig TikToks. i dig emojis i dig all that shit But um, I also got a lot of shit going on, and I'm trying to knock out these projects, Um, but I'm enjoying uh, a nice cup of cannabis uh, tea that I made, homemade tea. I made this podcast homemade. I'm homemade. I'm just the earth. I'm just the sun. I'm just the trees. It's just begun. Let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. It's not over people. It's never over. We're always growing and evolving and learning. I learn every day, man. Um my finger got fucked up the other week, my toes all fucked up. I almost got in a road rage thing and I had to just reflect on it. And I'm learning. I'm learning to just reflect on the the day and like things I've gone through and then try to you know, try to make sense of them or try to t- where I found dysfunction or, you know, just, you know, you know, just bad. You know, when you go kind of negative on shit uh, and you're not in your natural space and I wanted to make this natural, I didn't want to make this forced. I think I came on a little forced. It's, you know, to get psyched up to do a podcast, um, it does take amount of energy everything takes an amount of energy that's why worrying and negative thoughts and and neurosis and more why me all that shit it's just it's draining it's draining on the creative person and we gotta rise above we gotta rise above henry rollins in the house mm. drinking this cannabis sun tea um yeah man i'll tell you why i'm so hyped um, I was supposed to have my buddy Rondell Hartley on. We were going to do a podcast in the park. But he had to cancel because his bike got a flat. He was going to drive his bike over there. He's over in, I think he's in East Brooklyn. And, he, and he's my buddy that I used to do a uh, even before podcasts. We were on internet radio. And we did this show called R&R where we just played hip-hop. And we had a DJ, my man uh, DJ Concerned. He's now Shawnee Slices. He owns this great um place out in the rockaway google shawnee slices in rockaway beach if you're ever in new york and you want the best pizza by the beach this is the joint and they have bands out there i just went out there yesterday it was, it's the sickest scene and the only thing the thing that's crazy about the rockaways they have real waves i haven't gone out there but people are surfing and stuff but you know i went out to long island i went out to uh fire island I, you know the waves are decent come on talk all that shit i'm not a big fan of all that shit but i do dig the rockaways and i like fire island i'm not dissing on anything i'll i'll, I'll vacation anywhere if you got you know a place that i can hang out with flip-flops and in a chair and shit um but um but they got real waves out in the rockaway so you get this like great pizza um check out I've, i think it's 125th street right the rockaway beach if you haven't been out there is a it's a must see if you live in New York. It's it's cool. It's hip. It's like beach with bodega. It's like crazy. But the waves are actually glassy, and like yesterday, they were like three to five feet high, and it's a big line. It's not like like I've been to some surf spots where it's just like oh right there. That's the only way place you can catch wave. But no, it's a fucking. It was a nice like setup, and there was like ten people out there, and people were catching waves and riding them. Uh, legit style, and there's beach cruisers and shit. It's a wild place. And also, MC Search from Third Base is from out there. Uh, and my buddy, Shawnee Slice, DJ Concerned, shout out. Um, and then there's a really good Bobby J from Rockaway. He's he's on the come-up. He's this funky rapper. He does the Brooklyn Bowl. I see him on Instagram. Shawnee Slices is his boy and shit. So check him out. That dude rhymes for real, real. Um, I mean, I got a few bars around, but I'm no battle rapper, man. I mean, I like battling or no, I never really got it. I I like performing stand up is battling. Most of the time, I got enough fucking competition on that end. When I do when I do raps, it's more like uh, getting high and doing poetry. And then I like to ride the beat. I think it's fun to get in the pocket and figure it out and dance around inside the music. It's fucking fun. Music is fun. Comedy is fun life um, is supposed to be fun um living is the gig and this is what we're doing we're getting out there um i did a show man shout out to my man uh, from adult swim he's got a third season joe para buffalo's own joe para who is going to be on the podcast i talked to him joe para is a trip man he's like you he's like this it's a char- He's not a character, but he really is sincerely a nice, simple man with a really cool sense of humor. But underneath it, I think he, he's a lot of hipper than he puts on. But he is. He, he, if you ever met people from Buffalo, they're out there, man. They're very dynamic, but they're also down to earth. And a bit crazy because it's so cold and all they do is drink Labatt's Blue and listen to Rick James and eat um, Buffalo wings. I, You know, that was a joke, everybody, if uh, that offend any people from Buffalo. I know you listen to The Cure, too. <laughs> uh, you know what I've been hyped on? But Rondell and I, I was going to do this podcast, but my man Rondell had to back out. We were going to smoke joints in the park and everything. But uh, he had to back out because his tire got flat. He sent me a picture. He was like, dude, I'm on my way. And then like 15 minutes later, like his front tire of his bike. And I think he had like, you know, 10, 15 miles to go. And uh, it was just blown the fuck out. He had to walk his bike home. So it wasn't meant to be. So maybe this solo podcast is what's uh, meant to be. But what we were going to talk about is this uh, versus. I don't know if you guys have been... uh, as you know, I love, I love music, I love jam band scenes, I love fucking, um, what is it, you know, I, I've been, Widespread Panic, I love Grateful Dead, Billy Strings I've been going into, but I also love classic New York hip-hop, like, and I also love fucking Weird Rock and Roll, shout out to ZZ Top, their bassist, Dusty, um, I'm slipping on his last name, but, Dusty with the beard, uh, much respect, man. As I've talked about ZZ Top, their documentary on Netflix is amazing. They're just unique. I like unique artists. I like motherfuckers that aren't in everybody else's lane and that they do their thing. And ZZ Top did that, man. And in terms of, a, you know, people could say, well, Texas is controversial right now. But I will tell you, man, the toughest people are from Texas. Texas and New Jersey that's what I've met in my lifetime those are two types of people you don't want to tangle with uh but I shouldn't say that's that's generalizations we're all just living matter um learning and making mistakes and forming and reforming and dying and rebirth and the ego is a lie um but yeah so the, the classic versus, over the last few years, they've been having this versus, which is like, it's uh the dude from Swiss Beats. Swiss, Swiss Beats is a producer that's made some of the best 90s beats. He did uh several Jay-Z joints, and then he came up underneath DMX, like some of those stop, drop, Shut up, down, open—all that shit is him. Like uh, I'm not. Like, don't quote me, boy, because I ain't said shit. But that I think like that he's in that era. Like I know he was producing beats for Dmx, and then he went on to Jay Z, and you know then he went on to mainstream, and then he married Elisa Keys, and then um, but he still stays with hip hop. I producing, making music. I think he produced the last Dmx album. R I P Dmx. Um, DMX is a lot deeper, man, if you get in there, man. And when I think about his spirit and soul, it's, it's, it's very, it's almost sad, but also fucking brilliant. You know, it's just a lot of art, a lot of great art comes from fucked up shit, but it doesn't have to. A lot of it comes from hard work and DMX is one of those dudes like my, uh, I know I know like there was a lot of in like 80s rappers that like he didn't pop off till like almost the mid 90s and he'd been doing it forever. Good shit takes time. But sometimes it just pops off like nature. Nature a lot of it just comes from stillness but pressure and and something happens. But this versus was so classic. So this thing has been building up. You know, a lot of it has been over IG Live in the beginning. They would have like Snoop Dogg versus DMX, and they would just play their hits. Both of these hip-hop artists from the 90s have tons of great songs that everybody knows because they were dominating the airwaves back when people listened to radio, and uh, you couldn't you couldn't escape the music. It was always around. Now I think everybody has their own wavelength and vibe. But there still is uh, a lot of, like, whack copycats out there. But if you dig hard enough, there's all kinds of shit laying around. I think it's more about seeking out higher quality stuff and not just consuming whatever the, the mass pipe... Because usually the mass pipe is fucking mediocre and bunk. That's where I'm at now, man. Like, I've messed around with a lot of mainstream shit and you know it, there is good money there and if something fits it's great but on the whole if you're going for such a huge 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 audience and your art is somewhat nuanced you know I mean, they might i don't know sometimes like i have no idea <laughs> no i can't say that but i you know with this podcast i love talking it out but i want to slow down a bit and talk about the verses because i think it was very very important and i'll just tell you what i saw because i'm not a huge locks fan there was the locks which is style peas the ghost who's this rapper he was a gangster rapper in the 90s but now he runs a juice shop and he looks great for his age he's like my age and he still looks 23 um and then it is uh young jeezy who used to always wear a uh, he always had, he had a snowman was his logo and then there's like a third rapper now the locks that's hardcore new york hip-hop and i'm not gonna sit here and tell you i'm a new yorker all right i love new york hip-hop new york hip-hop that is probably my first love is beat street break dancing. i did not like the movie breaking i did not like electric boogaloo early west coast hip-hop was so fucking whack to me compared to east coast new york shit people don't get it dr dre nwa changed all that but there was like good 10 years like if you heard a record from out there and there would be like a i mean Ice T would have something but even Ice T, like his shit was so violent and shit i don't new yorkers it's just fucking a lot straight up um shit you know and i I like Ice-T and he has some of the funkiest joints, but when it comes to New York, like, Cold Crush Brothers, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, uh, Cool G Rap, um, The Lost Boys, I can go on and on. Like, But the core of it is breakdancing, um, great graffiti, and then great hip-hop over, like, abstract dug in the crate um dusty ass dusty ass records that nobody heard of until they flipped him and made the beats really funky and that's that's where you see i don't know know, i don't want to go into god or Tao or whatever but when you see something come out of nothing when you and that's happening all the time i think with podcasts you see it you see it comedians are tab. But shout out to all these comedians that are making millions of dollars off their podcast man and I know some of these cats um and it's something out of nothing you know it wasn't there before it definitely wasn't there when I started in comedy um and it you know it grew you just feel something you know you feel it and then you go towards it and even if it's nothing everybody's like what are you doing that's stupid you're blah blah why is he wasting his time and then if you put the love in it the love comes back and then this fucking flower blooms and that's how i see hip-hop but now the you know there's so much violence in it now that bums me out and i'm old and fucking got a family and shit And I don't, I don't like hearing the N word and I don't like, I I don't want to hear, you know, it's just fucking, sometimes it gets me, but when I feel it, like I can move beyond the words, I could feel the emotion and the trueness and the purity of somebody expressing themselves honestly. And that is heavy. And I think that's when people like, you know, if you're down in the dumps and you hear something real and... And it speaks to your heart. It's fucking great. Now, back to the locks and dipset. Now, I always was a dipset cat. I loved that Oh Boys song. Um, and that was a producer called Just Blaze, who also did, like, amazing hip-hop tracks. And he also, I got to meet Combat Jack, who, who was the first, before Drink Champs, There was I listened to Combat Jack, R.I.P., And he was friends with my uh, buddy, Ed Woods, and he had a great hip hop podcast. And he would talk to LL Cool J. He would talk to all these, you know, just kind of get behind the scenes. And that's what everybody's doing right now with these podcasts. But um, it was all New York, and he was like an entertainment lawyer that worked with all these hip hop artists. And he had a podcast, but he passed away. But he was kind of a pioneer in all of this. Um, So I just wanted to give him a, a respectful shout out and he was, lived in Brooklyn, and I got to meet him through Ed Woods a couple times, and he was cool as hell to me. Um, and I thought eventually I would get on his podcast just because of comedy and some of the things, you know, I was touring with Tracy and I was doing Tracy Morgan. And, and so I was kind of walking around some of these worlds. Um, the mainstream comedy world is good to me. Everybody respects me, but I don't know if they ever truly got me all the way. And I don't know if I get myself. I'm still building and understanding and growing. But enough about talking about me because that's full ego, ego, ego. But uh, on to the, you know, it's the locks versus dip set. Now, dip set is from Harlem. And Harlem, New York is like, it's like Washington, D.C. It's a classic African American community with deep, deep history in music and black culture and art and engineering and fashion and it's just got to us... so it was always kind of known that people from harlem were like the coolest of the cool as new york gets i think a lot of it is the competition not to bum anybody out new york isn't the best and it stresses you out i grind my teeth i have to wear a mouth guard because everybody you end up grinding your teeth when you live here long enough. Um but the competition does make you better. I don't it's just a part of the gig, man. Um so these MCs, um so yeah, Dipset was Camron and Camron came from Mace actually if you listen to early hip hop. But Cameron was this really he's got a great flow. But he's kind of a dick. (laughs) But in a funny way, like I would say he he is a funny dick, man. That dude, I mean, not to be, he's just kind of mean, but also funny and sly and goofs on people and clowns people ruthlessly. But he's got great flow and great taste. And I don't know if it's great, great, but it's definitely unique. It's unique. It's unique. And Dipset is definitely unique. And, um, but the locks were just great rappers. These guys, I didn't know many of their jams because it's just really hard, aggressive. The thing about, it I liked about Dipset, it was a little bit more artistic at times, but the locks had super well-produced and awesome flows. Like it was, and I thought Dipset was going to blow them out. So this was a versus, I, I watched it, it was, uh. It was at Madison Square Garden. They usually do it in small little places, but I guess the brand has gotten bigger and bigger. And now this, it was Dipset set versus the locks in Madison Square Garden during the pandemic. <laughs> but everybody's vaxxed up in New York. That's the thing about New York. Everybody, nobody, even Nobody's not vaxxed. I, I heard a couple people at a comedy club early on talking about they don't like needles and I was like dude I had a what are you fucking talking about um I didn't give him much shit because I might give him a look and I said something about like being not being scared of needles like I you know the older you get you're gonna go have some operations they're gonna cut into you they're gonna do all kinds of shit so I don't even understand being like 48 this dude was like old he was like in his 40s telling me he's scared of shots. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Get over that shit. This is, We're in the middle of smallpox, man. People are getting, and I want to tour. I want to do all this stuff, but everybody's vaxxed up. And I did a—I did a show in front of like 200 people at the Bell House. Like I said, shout out uh, Joe Perra and Dan Licata. Um, they put me on their show. It was like three or four comedians in them. They host on Tuesdays, and you know they got a great crowd, man. They got a shout out to everybody that uh, was at that show. I had the, I had a fun time on stage, man. It was like I haven't been performing a ton, but I've been doing this long enough that when I go on stage, I get this burst of joy that wasn't i mean it was always there in the beginning but over the years wore down especially with grinding and trying to make money and once i had a family like i had to make some decisions to do stuff maybe i didn't want to do artistically uh for that money but um so it it just getting back on stage and doing stand-up there's a pure joy you can check out my album pure uncut joy There's a spark in it that I'm really enjoying because I haven't been on stage. And when I am, it's like, and I'm not, I'm not run down as Lao Tzu says, you know, if you keep on sharpening your knife, it's going to eventually get dull. And I think that's what happens to comedians, you know, when they get really good and they want to keep it going. So they just start performing like crazy. You know, it's, it's good to step away a little bit and let life grow and just let things happen. And that's what I'm trying to do is just trying to step back and and then pick and choose my spots when I go up. Like go up when somebody really wants me and books me and pays me correctly. Um and I'll still do the grimy underground spots, but I'm going to only do the fun ones, the ones I want to do that the mother that the audiences are kind of good and that the people kind of respect me. I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm going to go up anywhere at any time shit. I've been through that. I've done that. It's time to uh <laughs> it's time to you know, circle the wagons a little bit um, and pick my, and choose where I go up with that said, we'll see how it all opens up and flows out, but the locks and dip set. So, you know, if they're in Madison square garden, like when I performed, everybody had to show proof of vaccination, which is dope. And people still wear masks. I wore masks going in. I didn't wear a mask on stage which kind of, and backstage there was only like four or five people. Like, I'm not a psycho about it. Like, I just worry if somebody's sick in the droplets, if there's spit, if there's enough room for spit to get into my bubble, into my grill space, then that's when I back away. Like, you know, if I see a crazy crowd, I'll throw my mask on, even inside, outside. But that's me. And uh, I'm fully vaxxed I haven't caught COVID. I take so many vitamins. I'm meditating 20 minutes a day. I'm doing Tibetan right stretches. I'm going to walks in the park and looking at the sky and seeing how blue and, you know, observing nature and its truest and foremost uh, without any ego and trying to connect with all of it. Um, With that being said, dude, they connected with everybody that really loved New York hip hop. You I mean, you couldn't watch this versus the locks. Because, uh yeah, Young Jeezy, I think that's his, yeah, He's just dominating. Like, I know a lot of hardcore hip-hop dudes that swear by Young Jeezy. And I always... But he never, like, super exploded into mainstream, like, Jay-Z. Like, he did, I guess, for some people. But it wasn't top 40. Let's put it that way. But he did... He had some great... But he came out... These guys trained... And like Dipset took it kind of slack, and were goofing off a lot. Like they were clowning. They were just trying to do stand up and like you know doing snaps at the hallway of fucking you know, like back when I was at Brent Elementary in D.C. Like it, it was uh, it you know they were just clowning you know just kind of goofballing. But the Locks they 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 had their rhymes together. They had their song selection together. They were on point. Style was B. That's what. I... Everybody in MSG was smoking weed. That's what I was tripping out on. And on stage, everybody had blunts. And people, nobody, like New York, there's no dispensaries, but nobody is is looking at you weird when you roll up. That's a beautiful, I mean, I did three nights and, you know, uh, you've all heard that story, but um, it was not like that 10 years ago. I was on the subway and somebody was like rolling a blunt and it was like 12 o'clock just right next to me. And Very respectfully, I I, I was like, hey, could you roll me one? <laughs> but I don't know. I don't want to smoke any rando's weed. Um, you know, you got to watch out there. That fentanyl stuff fucking scares the shit out of me. Keep all that fucking shit away from me. I don't like I mean, hard drugs, any of that shit. I'd like some herb, some mushrooms maybe if I got like two weeks and... You know, I'm taken care of and I'm in the woods. Um and mostly just herb, coffee and weed, as this podcast is all about. But uh no. So Dipset they came out kind of soft and they were clowning and they just weren't taking it as serious as the locks. And the New York crowd felt it. The thing about performing in New York, it is hard, man. I remember the first time I performed at Caroline's, I fucking bombed, man. And I've been killing it out in the West Coast for a while. But that was like a... I'm talking, you know, I could do a hipster room. I did Rafifi with Zach Galifianakis and all those guys. And they gave me respect and love. And I always, always get sets. But I went up in front of, like, Long Island, New Jersey, um, Staten Island. Those motherfuckers. New York hats. Um no southernness, no laid-backness at all. Just hard to the core, Howard Stern all day, every day, um, type motherfuckers. But um yeah, it's uh it's a trip. I'm just trying to make sure. Whoa. Okay. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, but the there it was at Madison Square Garden, and everybody was so it would look like it was uh, chaotic, but at the same time, I don't know. New Yorkers understand each other. I, I would say about Carolines, it's really hard to perform in front of a new. Not hard, they'll give it to you, but you can't be slack, and you can't be too like the you, you got. It's just like driving here. You got to go hard, and you got to hit them, and you got to keep it moving always. And the minute. The minute I drive here in New York, the minute I stop at a stop sign and, or I'm at a light, God forbid, I wait one second, the horn just goes, gah, gah. and that's how those crowds, that's how the crowds are here. It's like, you know, not some of the Brooklyn, you know, maybe not the Bell House and Union Hall, like they'll listen to you a little bit more, but I'm talking like Carolines or, you know, on a, on a mainstream blue cop you know straight up the gut type shit you have to and that's what this crowd was in msg this was like you know just straight up new york hip dudes like that were my age and younger total new york heads new york hip-hop heads um you know came to see you know Dipset does has doesn't perform like that and the locks don't perform like like these were two like of the biggest like bangers of late 90s early 2000 i would say early 2000 maybe um hip-hop cats going at it and uh it was just great to see and uh one of the lines uh that i've caught because like cameron is always joking man i get computers putin um and he's always joking and he was joking on uh he was joking on young Jeezy, like clowning his camouflage cargo shorts. He's like, What are you doing in cargo shorts? And then, which was funny. And then and then Young Jeezy had a line and said, This is hip hop. This is about bars. Shut up, Kevin Hart. You're trying to be Kevin Hart. Like just went and then everybody's like, Oh, because he was cause Cameron was being slack. He was just like they were playing the track and he was, pl- he was rapping the words over his words and he wasn't even getting his rhymes right. He was kind of high, not taking it serious, but young Jeezy, those guys locks, they were on point. They had like, they had, they had stage presence. They were doing freestyles. They were uh doing acapellas. They were running. Cause it's a like bad New York is like, that's what I do. Like, like you, it's got a big ego, but the, the skill level, has to be higher than the ego the skill level they respect winners they respect killing they respect going hard in the paint i shouldn't say killing i wouldn't say killing they you just got to do it good um if you're gonna if you're gonna open a p pe- like my man shawnee slices this pizza he's just he opened a pizza joint in 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 Rockaway in new york you know in 2020 you know how you know his competition his shit has to be good and it is it's some of the best pizza out there. I'll swear by it. Um, it is a great pizza um because you know you can't come with mediocre pizza in New York. nobody wants that shit. you you're not gonna sell anything. Um, same thing with some of the hip hop and and comedy. But now with the internet people people have learned the algorithms and are cheating a little bit but with live performance you really can't cheat you you either got it or you don't and uh and it's that moment that's what's so dope about live music and live performance it's a once in a lifetime footprint you know it's a fingerprint it's a fingerprint uh, it's a, I mean, the locks put a footprint in hip-hop's ass Uh, on the verses. They just... Because I didn't really know them, though. I mean, I was a fan of Styles P, mostly because of his cannabis. I always liked artists that were open about their pot smoking, because I've always thought that cannabis could help our society and ease a lot of the woes and pains and bring... Uh, races of people together and all, but you know, I know it's not the end all and be all, and 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 most stuff comes from hard work. So you know, you got to watch it. You don't want to be so smoked out that you can't see, you know, where you're going. Um, and where you're going is is trying to make it good, like a flower. You want to go to the top and bloom the fuck out. Um, but yeah, this 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 versus the oh he said you and then the other line i wanted to talk about he goes these dudes have grams we have grammys <laughs> uh because Dip said you know they you know they talk about selling blow and do i know joel you know you know he, he had his time he, I, I don't like rumors and shit but they you know this is it, just super grimy um type of hip-hop but it sounds awesome and fun funky and it's unique and it's got it's got style it's awesome but uh it, i thought that was a funny line that uh because they just weren't coming correct i thought that was a funny line and cameron had a million lines but Jeezy G- had that line the grand we have grammys they have grams he said that and then he said uh yeah that he then he called cameron kevin hart i thought that was hilarious but then at the very end, like, it was chaos. They had so many people. When I tuned in, I came home from the Joe Pera show. I did the Bell House. And that was 200 people. And I went on, like, third. And, and and it's like a theater. So it's a small theater, warehousey type of cool place in Guana. Shout out the Bell House. If you go see a comedy show, go see a concert there. Top-notch. Top-notch. Top-notch facility. Staff. Spot. Booking the nine. Um, but yeah, I thought that was great. But then in every I think they had a pound of weed on stage. Cameron had a lazy chair, had a beach chair. <laughs> like he was sleeping during the other dudes. You know, it was, it was that good, fun, hip hop vibe. But also had, you know, it had that edge where New York is like, you know, they're always going at each other. But it's out of like one... One upmanship is the spirit of it if you really know what's going on. And I could tell that throughout the whole thing, because all those guys are like millionaires and make, I don't know if they're millionaires, but they make good living. They know they have it good, and especially at their age. And they're around my age. They know, especially, you know, after you've been through some shit, you know, if you have a career in entertainment and can pay the bills with it, you know, it's better than working at Arby's. Um Not that working at Arby's is bad, because Arby's, you know, they got the beef. Um, Maybe you like like those uh, cheese sandwiches they got. Uh, But yeah, what was wild and dope to me, Styles P at the end was like, hey, this is for everybody. And Styles P is this very passionate, but he runs a green juice joint. Uh, Styles P the Ghost, which is a sick fucking hip-hop name. Uh, great graffiti name too. Uh, but he, at the very end, did like a prayer, but he said, put two fingers in the air. Put two, everybody put, and it was all Dipset, and they've been going at each other the whole time, clowning each other, talking shit. But then at the end, he's like, nobody from here is going home hurt. Nobody's getting robbed. Nobody's getting shot. This We did this for New York City Hip Hop. We had an amazing show. It was, all, it, when I tuned in, there were so many people on stage Because everybody kind of, all their friends and hangers on and people like, oh, I know him, was back on stage. And then it wasn't even the group. It was like 100 people on stage. And the stage was about to collapse. So they had to stop for like 20 minutes and then finish it. So when they finished it, Styles P was like, put two fingers in the air. I don't care if you're white, black, Latina, everybody. Everybody did that. Like the whole crowd put peace up in the air, which I love. We're all searching for inner peace and outer peace. That's the gig, man. Um, I don't give a fuck how crazy you are or how hyped up you are on government and fucking politics or whatever. It's all, you just want peace because it's fucking chaos, homie. Um, So he's like, he puts two fingers in the air and the whole crowd puts two fingers in the air and then he goes, put them together to make one love does that and then peace 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 and nobody's any it was just like and you could tell that those mcs had such control and respect from the crowd and the crowd was all new yorkers with new york hats and they heard all new york jams by the best of the best of the best that were doing it you know in their youth and um it was just really respectful man it was really cool beautiful amazing and it made me fall in love with New York City hip-hop again and I'm working on these projects that are, I got these side music projects that I'm excited about It just put the jetpack in the back you know it was fun um I love uh I love music I love doing this podcast oh sh- the Joe Parish show yeah but it you know the Delta started firing up again and I just don't want that shit so I've been backing off a little bit But when I did it, it's just been so weird to go on stage and give out that energy because we've all been locked inside for a year. So I'm not used to putting out, like I did a couple comedy club sets and, you know, those crowds are like 20 people. But what I had to perform, I was on a big stage in front of like 200 people. And I had to really, you know, and it wasn't my crowd, but they were super nice and open minded. This is like adult swim smart fucking graphic to not designers from Brooklyn and shit like to- totally hip diverse cool um, crowd but I had to bring you know they didn't know me from Adam or maybe they did but I had to bring it you know in, in terms of I had to be funny and I had to entertain and I hadn't done it that takes an amount of energy from your soul and chakras from your root chakras uh, and when I did it I had a great set, and it felt good. And I was improvising. I was talking about doing parkour and uh, skinny dipping in the Guana's Canal—just shit I didn't even write, you know. I had a bunch of shit written, but when I got out there, it was just so much fun. I just started, you know, going ham, and uh, and then I did, you know, twelve minutes. Thank you very much. Ah, you know, it was, you know, great crowd. Clap, clap, clap. Laugh, clap. Awesome, you know. I did my job. I came back. And usually, it, it you know, a, a lot of it, I think it's adrenaline. Like, I i think I am addicted to the adrenaline a little bit. I won't lie that I love performing. Uh, because it does shoot through your body. It makes you feel alive. Really, really alive. And naturally. And, and it was pumping through me so hard that when I sat down on the chair, I remember just like... I've been doing this like 23 years, you know, and I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It just started coming down. But I got to go, everybody. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Uh, Like and subscribe. Uh, Peace. One love.